podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready? Play. So, Andreas, welcome to Talking Tennis. Uh, looking forward to speaking to you today about a range of issues. But first of all, Andres, tell us what are you up to these days? Uh, well, then I'm uh, I'm uh, involved with tennis, uh, running uh, a couple of challengers in Guayaquil and uh, a couple of junior tournaments, and uh, uh, running a tennis academy. Uh, so it's pretty much still involved with uh, with tennis. Uh, I haven't given the tour a try or a real try as a coach, but um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 okay right now. I'm, I'm fine with the way things are going. What about coaching, Andres? You said that that was something you tried, but how do you feel about it? And it's it's hard. Uh, living in Ecuador to, you know, to go because every time you go, you're going to have to go, you know, a couple of months and uh, that's just too, too long for me. Uh, I can, uh, can go at times, like three, four weeks, three, four, maybe depending, you know, it's a uh, moment. I haven't heard something that I really, you know, caught my attention to do it. And, uh, I had a, a played uh, 16 years on the ATP tour. I played another 15 on the on the senior tour. So uh, I did my share of traveling, and, and, and I'm happy staying home. Tell us about your career. I want to get to the journey, basically, that led to winning the French Open um, in 1990. Tell us about the years before that. Was the French Open the tournament that you most look forward to and this was the one that you thought you had the best chance at uh, finally getting over the major hurdle? Well, uh, uh, yes, uh, because uh, coming coming from South America, clay uh, uh, was the, the third surface. Although in, in Ecuador I play, we played a lot on, on, on hardcore too, and at my club uh, we had both, so I was used to uh, uh, playing in both. But uh, uh, I don't think it's uh, you know just the, the, the well, well I was on the tour. I, I started learning uh, uh, different scenes and new scenes all the time. Scenes that uh, that probably weren't part of my uh, uh, junior career. Um, I wanted to, my, my, my head was more inclined to going to college and play college, get graduation and, and then uh, give the, the tour uh, a go. Mainly that was uh, the reason why, you know, being so close to, to America and, and most of the better players uh, of the world at the time were coming from America. Uh, most of them were going through the, through the college. System. So it, it seemed un- correct to do it that way, but uh, even even then, I wasn't really thinking. You know, you know, I want to be a professional like, like now, like like kids do now. Uh, 
I had a very nice uh, uh, junior career in South America, then uh, played internationally too, you know, bigger tournaments, had a few good wins that are starting to, you know, to, to, uh, to get me to, oh, okay, maybe, you know, these guys are doing this, maybe I can do it, you know. Uh, on, on our last year in the juniors, um, Lendl was number one, um, you know, only lost one match, and that match he lost it to me. And, and, <laughs> and I, I played it. And, um, and uh, so uh, I say, okay, this is the number one. He's very good, but, uh, you know, if I do things differently, maybe I can, I can you know, get into into that so once i graduated from call uh, from school in ecuador um, my last year of the juniors i didn't have enough money to go to play the uh, the french or wimbledon or so i stayed in the states and played the junior played the junior tournaments in uh, in america played the nationals being foreigners and um, went to this tournament in california where i reached the round of 16s and uh, all the all the colleges coaches were there and uh, you know and, and, and some very good names and, and uh, so that's when I started to, to to look into more more into going to one of the big big schools USC or UCLA or Stanford or one of those and uh, and uh, because some of the players there were going there and uh, you know and, and I was with them so um, uh, a little more juniors tournament that year played um, Played uh, U.S. Open, played Orange Bowl, lost in the quarters at U.S. Open, lost second round at Orange Bowl. Uh, made my debut on, on Davis Cup and, uh, and uh, took Clerk to four sets. Clerk was 10 on, 10 on the war at the time, and so I took him to four sets and a close match. And, uh, and I said, okay, maybe this, you know, this, you know, I need to, to, to play a little more. So, um, uh, Assigned to play at USC in California, University of Southern California, uh, and to get in in the in September of 1979, and that was going to be uh, the day I had to go to college. Uh, so at the beginning of that year, I started playing some satellites and uh, and I played a pre-quali, went through the pre-quali, got a walker in the quali, uh, qualified and won the first tournament. And, and there were a few guys there that were like 80 and 90. Back in those days, uh, you, uh, those players used the, uh, the, 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 the satellites to, to get some matches and then go into the tournament. So the, uh, remember that the Australian Open at the time was uh, in December, so the year finished in December and January was a uh, you know, year where most of the guys were just coming off the preseason, needed some matches, but those tournaments in Florida were real tough. And, uh, and then again, you know, okay, so, um, you know, these guys are, are very good and and uh, in the in the qualities, uh, a bit three guys that were ahead of me in the juniors, uh, number two, number four, and number seven. Uh, in the juniors, I beat them one after another in the qualities. And, and then I said, my God, this is a different world completely. You know, juniors is one scene, men's is a completely different uh, story. So um, um, there was, uh, we got an opportunity. I, I used to practice at Harvey Hopman's and uh, um, he, Took care of me, and you know, had me in the in their in their academy. Uh, 
uh, I practice there and I moved basically from Ecuador to there. When, when we were there, um, uh, a company from France, uh, Rossignol Rackets, uh, were coming into the market and they needed some young players to develop. And, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, one of them, uh, Mr. Hoffman, you know, mentioned my name, mentioned the name of Raul Rivera. We, we both went with a very young coach to Bob Red at the time. He was, uh, I don't know, 26, I was 19. And uh, we went with him to Europe and, and had a ranking and, and, and uh, Raul had a ranking so we could get, get into the quality. So we got to Florence first and, uh, and um, qualified, lost to Ramirez, who was seven in the world. Then the next week we go to the, to, to the Italian. And uh, we got late into signing into the quality, so uh, we didn't get in. And uh, but but back back then, uh, Italian, you had to win like four matches. Uh, it was like a 128 draw, and uh, and uh, started on Thursday. So we went to another tournament in uh, in Munich, which was at the same week. And um, I qualified, I got to the semis, and I had a special absent for the for the French Open, which I didn't get because I didn't enter the tournament. And as, as okay. the trip to Europe came within one week, you know. Uh, so, um, to make it short, um, I got to uh, to August, play the US Open, and the coach came to pick me up, and I say, I'm not going, I'm, I'm 19 in the world right now, you know, it's, uh, uh, I'm going to make tennis my life now. And he goes, so, no college. And I say, well... Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say things are today compared to then? What are the big differences, particularly regarding, say, the other players? I mean, I saw you tweeting recently about Vitas Garalaitis and, of course, John McEnroe and Jimmy Connors. Tell me about the atmosphere on the tour then and, and how you think it is today in comparison. Well, I... I cannot relate too much to uh, to now. I haven't been much in at the locker room, so I, I, I don't know. Although I played uh, uh, I played uh, seniors doubles at the at the French and uh, at the U.S. Open. Uh, I was with uh, for a little while and went to Australia, went to uh, uh, Miami and Indian World. So. Uh, there are teams now, so you know you you have three, four, five people with you all the time. The least you have in 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 in, uh, in the big tournaments is two, so that makes three people, and that's enough for uh, for uh, you know social life in on, on tour. You know, before you used to travel more alone, or, or you had your coach. Or, at, at first, when I didn't have a, 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 a coach all the time. Uh, the South Americans, we used to uh, stay together a lot and have dinners with some of the other guys. And uh, that was a, a good school for me. Uh, I met guys like Jaime Fiol or Carlos Kirmeyer or uh, Jose Damiani, Ivan Molina. You know, those guys, you know, they were, uh, those were the guys I was uh, looking at them when, uh, when I was growing up, watching them play South American championships. You know, and... Uh, and um, and then uh, first, I realized that I, if I wanted to uh, to to 
to concentrate more on my tennis. I needed to be more by myself. And then, and then with my coach, we kind of separated. We didn't separate, you know, all the time, but we we tried to do more things uh, separated that, uh, than uh, with uh, a lot of people. Dinners is just to get uh, uh, how much everybody has to pay. So it's a uh, um, and, and that took time, and uh, so you needed to, to needed to do something different. And and I think on I see that on guys like Connors or McEnroe, even if I was uh, you know a, a, a new John for, since we were fifteen, uh, you know we seldom have dinner together or something like that. Or uh, or Janik, uh, which is my, or or actually I have more I, I have more dinners with uh, with Lendl than with uh, some of these guys, and uh, uh, okay. we play doubles with him. And uh, sometimes uh, we were in Asia and uh, needed to to I usually wanted to take some time off from my coach in uh, in a couple of weeks in Asia and be by myself. And, uh, I could be by myself too, and uh, now it's just unheard of that uh, you want to go to uh, one week without your coach. You depend so so much on on, on the coach and the team around you, and which which is good. That's what, what that's a big change. So the teams stay together. You know, if you see uh, the top names are like the big three. You know, they they see the box and. That, that you see the same people week after week, so everybody's uh, is uh, together. It, that's a, a big difference now on, on how they get along on on court. There's a lot of more things to do. There's a, you get the physio, you get the the physical trainer, you get the massage, and and that. so you have a full day of of that. Before you you you, you needed to, to have a massage you get your own massage and uh, and uh, you have to set your time so it was uh, impossible to do it like every day now uh, all the players and I'm not talking about the big ones even the, the guys that are you know in, in, within the 200 you know they they have a, the coach all the time or the physio all the time with them so this is change and that's that's good because that means that the, 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 the the, the, the quality of the of the athletes is improving and getting better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, let's look at your French Open run. I saw that you you didn't you dropped I think three or four sets uh, all the way to the final. I mean, you had a, a walkover in one round. What are your memories about that year, nineteen ninety? You know, did you think this is going to be my year? This is going to be the time I'm going to going to finally win the French Open or did you did you, looking back was there any difference that year compared to other years yeah um, well that, that first of all when I was 22 I won the Italian mm-hmm. um, and right right then the week after I have a chance to win the uh, to win the French that's that was the first time that I realized that I had to win the uh, uh, the French Open 
-hmm. and, and from every year that I went from 82 to, to 90 and even 91 or 92 when last play, I also had a chance to win it. There were yeah. years that I came in and I was and I had a bet, and I felt that I had a better chance than uh, than in '90, uh, '84, '86. But uh, somehow I, I got Lendl on my way all the time. I lost to I lost to him three times. You know, or I lost to him uh, four times, three times or four times in the quarterfinals. Okay. Uh, I lost to him. I lost to him, and, and, and out of those three times, I think uh, he won. He won there twice. Okay. And, and, and I lost in one finals, maybe, maybe. I'm not sure anymore if uh, he won all three times. So, so I always said, you know, why can't I go in the other half? Why can't I be in the other half? And, you know, <laughs> maybe. Maybe maybe I was uh, I wouldn't be out earlier. I don't know, but uh, I, I, you know I was I, I was stuck with him, and, uh, and and not only with him. The problem was one year 86, 86 I think it was uh, a bit uh, Ken Carson in four sets, which he was still beat Jay Berger in five sets, and uh, and beat Emilio Sanchez in five sets. And uh, when I got to the quarters, I, you know, I had my, my tank was empty. Uh, okay. 84, maybe that was the time that uh, that it was the, uh, the the best chance I had because I I went into the to the quarters against him, winning in straight sets, uh, and I lost in four tie sets. And then uh, and and then of, of course that was the, the the year that he beat McEnroe in the finals, and that was the first Grand Slam for him. And uh, so. Um, um, some of the other times I used running to play into players that, that play better than me that day. Uh, Lecon beat me one year, Lasik beat me another year. I lost to McNamara on, 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 on that year that I won the French for the first time. Uh, lost to him uh, in, in five sets in the in the round of 16. But uh, uh, then we had a final Sunday in Rome, best of five, and you start Tuesday on in in Roland Garros. So it was a tough two weeks to go. So uh, uh, when I won on 90, the first good scene that I saw when uh, the list came out was a lender wasn't in it. So um, uh, I said, well, <laughs> now you have now, but that was a problem. Now you have to back up what you what you been saying for the last eight years, nine years, you know, Lendl, Lendl. Okay, now you have to back it up. And, uh, yeah. And um, actually, I knew it even before that because um, I was playing with Ivan in, 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 we were playing in Tokyo the year before in October, playing, uh, you know, the Asian part of the Asian tour in, in October. And, uh, and uh, no, actually, it was, actually was, uh, Barcelona the year before and, and, and he goes uh, Andres is gonna be next year gonna be your year I'm gonna concentrate and on playing uh, uh, Wimbledon and trying to win the uh, the grass and, uh, and I say come on Ivan we're playing on we're playing on clay this week after the week after or two weeks after the US Open and you want me to believe that you're not gonna play the, the French and I said no I'm, I'm not gonna do it 
So we left it at that in September, October, and uh, that was it. Uh, uh, when I started the year, I was uh, very well prepared. Uh, I was 30, which was more like 35 now. And, uh, and, and, and I started playing well at, at, in Australia, reached around 16. Then I got to the finals in Philadelphia. I lost to Sampras. Of course, nobody knew Sampras then. And, uh, and I, I did, but, uh, but not many people knew him. He was 40 or 50 right at, the, at the time. So 18-year-old uh, winning tournaments, uh, you know, and, it was like a, people say it was a bad loss for me, and uh, he just beat me up in uh, in the finals and uh, on the very fast uh, Supreme Court. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to to get comments leading into the clay court season, which didn't start good. Um, I went to Estoril. I went there three times. I lost there three times. First round. I love the place, but I could not play tennis there. <laughs> I lost three first round <laughs> matches every year. I went there. Uh, but went to, to Barcelona which, uh, and uh, beat uh, Perez Roland in the finals and uh, uh, beat, uh, beat uh, Chesnokov in the semifinals. So uh, uh, I was in good shape for the first tournament. I went to Monte Carlo, lost to Leconte, which, he, you know, and, and we won both matches to each other, so it was a matter of who played better that day. And Lecon was always a, a tough player to, to beat when he was on, on, on in form. Uh, went and, uh, and then I took a couple of weeks off, went to, uh, no, actually lost in Hamburg in, in Brown. I took a week off, went to the to Rome and lost to Muster in the in the semifinals. And Muster okay. was supposed to be the the favorite and uh, the, everybody's favorite to win the uh, uh, the French with Agassi. So lost to him. I had like two too too much points and uh, in semis and uh, and went to the went to the um, went to Paris early a week. Good practice, feel the the courts, feel the ambience, and uh, tennis was there, so that, that was not the problem. Um, it was good that uh, I didn't have to play the round of 16 in a way because it was one less match to play. Uh, although uh, in Rome I beat uh, Gustafsson uh, like two and two, so he had a game that he that it didn't bother me. At the time, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, but I, but I went from playing uh, the round of 16s on on, on on Saturday to playing my quarterfinals on on, on Wednesday. So, uh, it was very very different uh, atmosphere from from what I left it. You know, having to go there and to play. I was supposed to play in Monday. Um, so we arrange for uh, uh, we arrange for a for a uh, for a court with uh, ball boys and, and, and an umpire 
and I had to play two sets with uh, which I did play with Alberto Mancini, and uh, and uh, so so we had the same, you know, that, like keeping what I what I was doing uh, on, on on matches, and it got me through, and and then I, you know. Friday it was uh, strange, but I play. But I'm playing somebody that I that I like playing, and, uh, and then Sunday I played somebody that I beat before. So it really was a a, a toss who played better, and and I felt all day that I was playing better than them uh, those two weeks. I mean, there's a lot of big names in the world of tennis, as I can see in the quarterfinals. You've got Agassi and Chang. You've got Henri Leconte. You've got yourself, of course, Thomas Muster and Goran Ivanisevic. Maybe all Ivanisevic on the clay. Maybe there's a better chance to beat him than, than on other surfaces. But you mentioned Thomas Muster, and I, I'm really interested in that because you said that you lost to him a few weeks before and you had match points, I think you said as well. Did did when you were going into that semi final, were you remembering that match from a few weeks before? Uh, well, it happens that uh, um, at the press conference in Roma, uh, I went to the I went to the locker room and and most and what. Uh, Muster went straight to the uh, to the press conference, and they called me up. So I went there, and, and I was kind of like waiting for him to finish, and uh, and and then he proclaimed that he was uh, the, the best player in the world on clay, this and that, and that, that he was uh, uh, that, that, that uh, he beat me in in three sets, and I had no chance against him in best of five. That's a good. So when I Oh, on, uh, on on the press conference, they, they asked me, and uh, no, they asked me. They tell me, you know, this. The movie. They say, well, I listen to it, so it's not that I know what you're doing. Say, but uh, uh, for myself, that uh, uh, I wasn't interested in showing him. And uh, back in 1990, there was a, a, a rumor that whoever won. Uh, the Italian didn't win the French. Okay. Of course, uh, uh, we know uh, we know who broke all that up and made that uh, just a fun fun history about it now. So you know. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, but 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 even 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 Borg, the year who won the Italian, he lost he lost at the French. So uh, okay. And I'm and I'm talking even Borg because. Uh, in the 80s, 90s, when you say Borg, it's like when you say Nadal on play. So, yeah, regarding the final, Andres, what about Agassi? He was quite sort of near the beginning of his career. I don't think he'd won a, a major title by that stage. Did you feel confident going into the final? Uh, we played uh, in we played in in Tokyo in '87 when he probably was 16 or 17. And uh, we played in a really fast uh, hard courts. And I beat him uh, 2 and 0, like in 42 minutes or something like that. Uh, uh, it wasn't one of his best matches, but uh, uh, he was a young player coming up. And, uh, and, and his brother comes to me at the locker room and he goes, uh, uh, 
Andre hates playing lefties. And I say, well, but, uh, okay. Uh, three years later, I remember that. And uh, yeah. uh, I didn't like playing. And, uh, and, uh, and again, he was saying that he was going to run me on the court and get me tired and get me all of this and that. And, uh, and I say, fine, you know, it's good. And, and uh, I like to, to, to be on the, uh, not being the favorite. Uh, yeah. The underdog, I like being the underdog in, in, in those situations. Um, there, there are some players where I, I don't like being the, the underdog because uh, they, they really made me pay. Every time I play Lendl, you know, going into the match, but that, that didn't happen too often on, on, on tour. Uh, I beat him a few times, but not enough from what he beat me. I beat him in, in, in uh, Washington or Barcelona. And he beat me five times at the French. He beat me twice at US Open and beat me three times at the ATP Tour Finals or Masters. The, do you have many clear memories or do you watch the video often or do you occasionally watch some clips from the final? I was watching, for example, the last game just the other day and you had a smash, I think, sort of the penultimate point, I think, was a smash. And I was thinking to myself, what is going through Andres's head as the ball? Is your heart in your mouth? Are you thinking, don't mess this up? Are you feeling relaxed? Do you remember the smash I'm talking about? I think two points from the end of the match. Big serve by Gomez. Good return. But a great volley. But Agassi slides into the backhand for an unbelievable winner. It was two-handed all the way. A quick wrist, quick hands of Agassi. It's 15-30. <laughs> Um, I, I always think smash is, is, is one of those points where you're going you're gonna to show nerves. If you're nervous, the smash is when it might well get shown. And you put it away quite comfortably. Um, and also then you finish the match with a winner as well. Well, I, uh, on, I don't quite recall the, the smash in the last game. I, I, I remember being down a lot 15 and then coming mm -hmm. with that. With, oh, yes. Okay. Now, yeah. I, at 1530, 15, uh, yeah, big big I, I hit a friend that it, that it looked like he was going out, but it, it dropped in. I got over, but an, an overhead uh, smash, it was, uh, it was a sure scene for me I, I, because I, I, that's something that I, uh, I practice at the wall since I was eight years old, always a boom, boom, boom. <laughs> And then when I went to Hopman, when I went to Hopman's, the uh, the Australians were net rushers at the time: uh, Emerson, Labor, Roswell, Hope. They all had great overhead, uh, and uh, we practiced overhead uh, every day, like uh, like uh, like we practice the serve or the forehand. Uh, these days, uh, the, the players don't seem to practice too much overheads and uh, and uh, and you can see it on the uh, on, on, on on matches where uh, you know that they, they, they not only hit a deep 
defensive love, but they always try to go for the fast one and uh, knowing that, that the players, they just rush into them. But uh, the other thing is that I, I play doubles a lot, so I got a lot of a lot of overheads and uh, and uh, no, I wasn't thinking, you know, I'm gonna mess up. You know, it's one of those things that I, I probably don't recall too much, and, and that's good because I was concentrating on what I had to do. The last point of the of the match. It's, uh, that was my way of living in, in tennis. That's uh, serving my, my, my to the ad, serving wide, and, and then running around uh, the forehand, hitting, hitting it down the line. So that, that was a no-brainer. And uh, I didn't have to say, OK, this is what I'm going to do. Is it, this is what I do, I don't know, they, uh, a thousand times, and I don't know, two thousand times I play a much so I played more than that so I gotta do it many times and that's what I what I what I, what I made my living in tennis and, uh, and so that was easy to to to, to follow and um, uh, that's when uh, you say okay the practice and uh, what you do in practice and uh, uh, you just react to it and you do it uh, you don't think about it a lot of people, though, a lot of players will go away because their instinct, you know, does go away from them during these big moments. I mean, you said that, you know, this is what you did and this is how you played. But sometimes in the most high pressure of situations, we kind of go away from our principles a bit because of the doubt. Yeah. And, and then, then when you say, okay, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I serve here? Should I, no, you, you just got to go for what you have. And, uh, and they're expecting it probably. Uh, but uh, my game kind of was some of the times I was hitting the shots. You, you don't, you don't expect me to hit it. And that's why, uh, you know, I, I could get players confused. Uh, doing the things that I do at the time that I'm supposed to do and, and the other way around. So uh, uh, if somebody's going to get confused, it's not going to be me. And I don't care, you know, what that, what people said. Uh, 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 I took a chance and, uh, and, uh, and uh, hit the run shot. And the other day I was watching a tape from 81 that I was playing Guillermo Villas in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean, this long time ago, small racket, and uh, and um, Arthur Ashe was in the booth uh, uh, doing the match, uh, um, and and he and I, and I was coming in and, and hitting and swinging, and, and and of course, you know, I was making some and hitting hitting some, and, you know, out of the stadium. But that's something that uh, that uh, he was going. Oh my God, this is crazy. It's so, such a low percentage shot that I, you don't you don't have to do it, but it it, it, it gave me um, a shot and tried to beat a guy that was a wall back then, and uh, 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 and the unit hack and and and, uh, and we were doing that with uh, with uh, with McEnroe. Uh, in Europe, practicing in Europe, but I was hitting high top swing, and he was coming in and hitting the ball. So it's not, uh, how are we going to beat him? I've got one more question for you, Andres. What is it like as a parent uh, of a tennis player, and what's that? What's that like? Uh, very difficult. Um, it's very difficult. I try to uh, uh, first of all. I wanted to get my kids to learn how to play, and uh, and learn how to compete till their first tournaments when they're nine or ten, and then uh, they can do what they like. They can uh, uh, play more, play less, whatever. But uh, always keeping in mind that uh, you wanted to. To have the opportunity to get a, a college education where you can, you know, keep playing, and if you go to a good level of a university of college, you know, you 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 can improve on that. And, and if you think that the college is not the way to do it, good. And if you are too good to to do it, then go on and and win the 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 the, the, the NCAA's uh, title and uh, and then uh, you're ready. It's, it's it's been in the past and it keeps happening and uh, and um, and I got kids that all went to school, went to college, uh, played tennis. Uh, probably they don't play much tennis now that they do before, but they stay involved with the with the game. Um, on the other hand, Emilio on the tour, he's been, uh, uh, he's, he's tough. He's, he's, he's got to carry a, you know, a backpack with uh, uh, his expectations and uh, other people's expectations uh, regarding who he is. And, uh, and he's, he's been very good at it. And uh, he's taking uh, good good control of what he can do or what he cannot do and um, and if that you know I, I need to leave him with somebody that uh, that can take him uh, to where he wants to go good uh, is he willing to 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 have the advice from me good but it's sometimes it's difficult being a parent you know uh, you know, you go, wake up, go to school, eat your food, do your homework, and then hit forehand, hit backhand. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, the same order for 24 hours a day, and, uh, and, and, and the relationship might get strained, and, and you just need to uh, 
Uh, I don't know. That's that's what I've tried to do. And I, but but he knows that I'm, I'm always there, always ready to to do what he wants me to do. If he doesn't want me to to be around in tournaments, fine. That's no that's no problem. It's a it's, it's his life. It's not my life anymore. It's his life. And uh, and uh, and he wants me to to do it to go then and be there. Perfect. I've been in a, I've been in a few tournaments with him. Uh, uh, I mean, in, in, in Davis Cup with him more more than than than, than regular tournaments, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's it's not it's not easy. It's not easy on him. So why would I have to be there and, and show my support if that is not going to be you know it's going to be another. Uh, it, pressure situation if he feels that uh, <laughs> i remember when he played the french juniors he qualified and uh, and uh, we waiting for for the for the court and, and this is the first time and uh, i mean he's uh, uh 14 years ago yeah 15 years ago uh, i was in the stands and he he was coming out of the uh, and he, he told me coming out of the out of the uh, out of the locker rooms twenty photographers and, uh, and, 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 and freak him out and uh, so um, he needed to learn from 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 those things but I kept telling him listen uh, you know yes uh, you know I, I won the French I did this I did that whatever uh, but but also it's a lot of people that is that is that doesn't care that what you need to do or you don't show what that you're my son and you're gonna have to do the same thing that I do no you can do it better and that's a lot of things that he did much better than I did uh, and, and I'm not talking uh, results or uh, because it's not only that uh, at the end of the time it's it's gonna be life and, it's, and you're gonna learn from it and, and you're gonna be good at it and that's what, uh, what we're trying to do as parents to, to get our kids to to be uh, uh, level heads and uh, and to, to know that you have to work and, and do a lot of things to to, to get better and, and be nice to people and uh, and, uh, and 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 then but then then we start our job is not to, to get a, uh, at least not my job is not to 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 get my son to be a a major champion. It's that we we're gonna try to do it, but it doesn't need to be that I must. Yeah, Andres, a big thank you for your time today. Um, wonderful speaking to you, French Open uh, winner in 1990. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.